0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Disarming Honesty. Today I wanted to share a couple thoughts about imposter syndrome and how it affects us. So let's cue the theme song. Let's go. You're listening to the Disarming Honesty podcast with Jenny Hansen-Lane. I spent the last decade or so studying emotional intelligence and the connection that it has to the entrepreneurial world. Join us on this journey as we use every day as our teacher, as we pursue our highest vision of ourselves. The show is dedicated to vulnerability and mindset as we explore the necessary paradigm shifts it takes to change our lives and pivot into profiting from our passions. No more playing small with our dreams. Let's go. Okay, thank you for joining in. This is something that a lot of people have asked me about enough that I felt like I had to address it and I have a, it's different for me. So let me just start with the definition. Um of the description of imposter syndrome it's a feeling out of your depth like you feel like you let me read this quote imposter syndrome is feeling well out of your depth yet already entrenched in the situation internally feeling that you're not skilled enough experienced enough or qualified enough to justify being there but you are there And you have to figure it out because you can't get out. It's more of a sensation of getting away with something than the fear of being discovered. So the more skilled you are, the more you feel like a fraud. And this comes from the uh, Dunning-Kruger effect. And it was a study in 1999 talking about feeling, you know, being unskilled and unaware of it. And the difficulties in recognizing your own incompetency versus being able to have the confidence to move forward and do it. And so imposter syndrome is really like this little ecosystem of what you know and then what you think others know. And really... All you have is your reality all you have is your experience so it's really difficult to be able to know what other people think of us so everyone deals with this in different ways and there's a long list of types of imposter syndrome and I thought those were kind of interesting to address because everybody deals with it in their own way and in different ways And when I first started learning about the topic, I actually thought that it didn't really apply to me. And then I (laughs) dug deeper. And some of the types of imposter syndrome are found in um, The Perfectionist. That was something that I dealt with until I found Brene Brown's books about the gifts of imperfection. The other one is the superwoman or man. That's something that I still struggle with. The third one is the natural genius. The fourth one is the soloist. And the fifth one is the expert. Some people have told me that they feel guilty of all five of these things. Of these, like, characteristics. And there's a lot of ways that we can deal with it. I think that it's interesting because we're not alone like we all have these things and even with the perfectionist so here's a couple maybe questions you could ask yourself to fill to understand if you are the perfection if you have the perfection perfectionist syndrome and here they are Uh, whenever you undertake a project you feel like it needs to be flawless i don't really relate to that and my husband probably wishes that i did because he's much more about executing great things, but I wouldn't call him a perfectionist either. The second question is, do people accuse you of being a micromanager? Ooh, no one's accused me of that, but sometimes I do it with my children. The next question is, when others give you praise of your achievements, do you have trouble believing you deserve it? I was actually just talking about this with, with my husband this week and with my personal trainer today at the gym. When I was playing soccer in college my freshman year, I received the award All-American and All-Tournament. And in the nation, in our division, I was number one for goals and assists, which is like a pretty big deal, right? And there were a lot of international men that came to play on the men's team and we would travel together And a lot of them were from South America and they would chant for me. And they would do this chant that sounded like this. Ole, 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 Jenny, Jenny. They would sing it after I scored goals. After I scored goals, I remember people jumping on me and cheering and me running back to the half line. Like, I was pumped inside and so proud, but I had r- incredible difficulty, um, like, celebrating, and I still have that. And so I really try to celebrate with my children, small wins. And I don't know, I don't think that it comes from my childhood, but it might, that being raised in a big family, we didn't celebrate things bigger. And I love my childhood, so I'm not blaming it. But I think it's interesting that... Um, I perhaps was my quiet dignity was a little bit underserving that the way I responded was not serving me as well as maybe celebrating so people suffering from this type of syndrome they have trouble gaining satisfaction whenever achieving success of any sort because they always felt like they could have done better and it's you know expecting flawlessness is not healthy <laughs> and you know the things that i've read about perfectionism is that you know you micromanage other people and the criticism in others is just it's what you do to defend yourself So the more that you can't accept things in yourself, the more likely you're going to project that onto other people. That's huge. So I feel like it's (laughs) a great thing to take a step back to be able to work on that because it's not something that's going to bring the environment that you want or serve you in the emotions that you need. Um, The second part is, the second one that I thought was interesting was the superwoman, the superman. And here's some questions to ask yourself if maybe you are a candidate of this syndrome. At work, do you stay later than everybody else despite finishing the day's tasks? I did this at home, but when I worked in the corporate world, I had no problem doing it. I never stayed late, but I did go in early. Um, the other question would be, like, do you tell yourself that you don't have enough time for your passions? Um, I've done a couple podcast episodes about that, about, like, Time is, you know, having an abundant mindset about time to making things that matter the most. And another question that you might be like the Superman or Superwoman in the story is that, you know, you're qualified for the role, but you feel like you haven't earned it yet. And I think that's something that a lot of us might struggle with and it's not easy. And I don't think it's supposed to be because I think these are growth lessons that we learn as we put our... our. Uh, ourselves first to learn but also to be able to understand that it's a process to be able to achieve hard things and get out of our own head. Those were the two that I wanted to share and I feel like maybe in the next episodes we can talk about the natural genius and the soloist and the expert because I feel like they're all things that we will be challenged with in our life. But we're not alone, and we're all human, so we all deal with this in some way or another. So I hope this, these questions kind of helped you take a step back to realize, like, okay, this is something I can work on and become better by just recognizing. All right, you guys, love you. Peace out.